Hey guys, and welcome to the Freelance Fairy Tales podcast. I'm Alex Fasulo, your host, six figure freelance writer, serial entrepreneur, Fiverr Pro seller, and digital nomad. You've come to the right place if you want to know more about working for yourself online as a freelancer today. I've been freelancing for over six years, and I want to share what I've learned with you. Welcome back to the Freelance Fairy Tales, where we discuss all things freelancing, the gig economy, side hustling, and breaking free from the corporate matrix. I have a perfect guest on today to chat with us about. My next guest has edited and published four novels and is currently editing her fifth novel. She was previously working a nine to five and was able to leave to freelance full time as a freelance writer. And she most impressively crossed the $100,000 revenue mark on Fiverr. We're gonna chat about that. She's also a good friend of mine an awesome person and someone with very eclectic and amazing fashion, which I personally appreciate in any human being. So welcome to Stephanie Moyers. Hi. Oh my God. That was the best introduction. Thank you so oh much God. for that. I'm like, I'm like trying to get better at writing them. I'm like, I should be kind of good at it, right? I'm a copywriter. That was think, so like, good. I was <laughs> like, wow, I'm so flattered. Can I hire you for all my future events? Oh man. I know, right? Maybe I did pick the right industry. You did. <laughs> All right. So I already know everyone listening to this, they always want to know about the money. We're going to talk about other fun stuff too, mindset, fashion and everything, but we'll get right into the money here. I recently reposted your Instagram story to mine where you showed that 100K mark, which is yes. uh, like amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Well deserved. I know you work your ass off. So everyone's probably wondering, when did you join Fiverr and how quickly mm -hmm. were you able to do it? And what are you selling to have done that? I joined in the end, maybe like the very last week, July 2020, during the pandemic. You know this very well, but I came across one of your TikToks. And that's where I first saw, I had heard of Fiverr, but I had not personally tried it yet. I had only been on Upwork previously and it was okay, but nothing consistent, maybe like a thousand dollars a year, like by no means was going to replace my day job. And when I saw your story and I started going through your page, I was like, why haven't I given this a shot yet? Like if it's clearly possible. I need to try. So I signed up and to hit the six figure mark, I'd say a little over a year, maybe like 14 ish months, give or take, which is still much farther than I thought I would go in one year. Yeah. And I started slow. I started very slow. I think I posted something like I was big into podcasts, especially in the pandemic being home all the time. So mm -hmm. I posted something like a gig about researching and writing podcast scripts and because I just love to research too. And I was like, this seems kind of interesting and different enough. And I got not surprisingly zero clicks <laughs> in like the first <laughs> two, three weeks. I was like, maybe this is like way too specific and I need to start broader. So that's when I niched it down to like blogs. And I did specifically a health and wellness blog gig and then a business blog gig because those are two things that I personally am passionate reading about. I read blogs for that for my own pleasure. And I thought it would help me to not just be like, I will write a blog for you because there's too many of those to start, mm -hmm. especially as a nobody on the site. I wanted to get traction more specifically and then expand later. Mm -hmm. So that worked. I started getting my first couple sales. And then as time went on, I expanded my gigs to include things like web copies, social media posts, book editing. And I also review scripts for people. Like I'll read their screenplays and leave them feedback. 
Okay, nice. What would you say have been your two most popular gigs over the last 14 months, I think? Yeah, about 14 months now. I think, in all honesty, probably the web copy and social media posts have been huge. My blogs were bigger at first, and I'm sure you know this too, from being on there for so long. It's like, gigs kind of replace each other sometimes. It's like, Mm -hmm. my blogs will be huge for three months. And social media posts are nothing. And then all of a sudden, social media posts are 80% of my business and my blogs go down to like 20%. And it just kind of ebbs and flows. But like you always say to your listeners, that's why it's important to expand the gigs you have in your services because you never know what the needs are going to be. And it's good to have more to kind of compensate. Totally. My website content gig has been the most popular one, like all throughout 2021, whereas in the past, it's been blogs and press releases. But right now, it's like, website content is so hot right now. It's huge. I I have to think it's because so many businesses are still are coming online right now. Yeah, because of the pandemic wearing on because I think some people thought by now it would be like done or something. So I think it's (laughs) like people would be over the internet. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's like people going like, all right, I think I need to actually sell things online now. No, I mean, honestly, crossing six figures in 14 months is incredible. I don't even know any other person who has done that. It's you and Georgia, I think, right? Like she's huge. Yeah. I think she's done way more than that too. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's just so, you know, incredible. Now for people listening, you're part of Fiverr Pro, right? Not yet. I I applied once like around, I think around the six month mark, because I hit top rated seller pretty early. And their team, like the Fiverr editor team, you know how they, they message you if you're like a new rising star. Yeah. They asked me in December of last year, or invited me rather, to apply to Pro. And then I applied and I was denied. And I was like, why did you invite me to apply to deny me? Sorry, Fiverr, if you're listening, I was a little confused by that. So I, I've been waiting to make sure I'm like, I want to I wanna apply again when I have everything set up. So this month is when I'm doing it, especially because now, now I've hit the six figures. I have a little bit of press about me, this podcast coming out. So I'm hoping by the end of the year to hit pro. Wow. That's incredible that you've made that money even without pro. I love that for anyone listening. See, you don't have to be accepted into the special fancy pro program to be <laughs> making banks. That's great. That's funny. I had a similar thing happen to me with them. They invited me in like February of this year to make an online course for Fiverr Learn. That's so I like awesome. drafted a whole syllabus for it and everything and submitted it to them. And they're like, we're going to pass on this. <laughs> and like, I'm why like, do you ask me? Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> okay, I would have never drafted that syllabus if you didn't ask me to. So lovely. Did they give you feedback or were they just like, no, never mind? Yeah, they just were like, no, this isn't right for us right now. And I was like, Okay. Uh, corporations. <laughs> like, I was, you know what? And I was like, this is such an example of the corporations today, honestly. Like, yeah. so many moving parts. No one's communicating between departments. There's freaking messages. It's true. That's funny, though, that the same thing happened to you. I know. I was like, I was like, why did you invite me to, like, I got my own hopes up just to be like, you're not qualified. I was like, I, I didn't even think I was ready to apply, but you literally told me you should apply. It's like, what the? Oh, Sorry. man. Guys, also, <laughs> myself yeah, there. I mean, I'm a- yeah. And what's cool about Fiverr Pro is if you get denied, you guys, you can apply again. I think it's 60 days later. So don't be scared yeah. to apply. Like what's the worst that could happen? They they decline you and you just do it again. Don't let it get you down. So since leaving your job and becoming a freelancer full time, how has that lifestyle change been for you? And have the people in your life been supportive of you of this? Or do you have any jealousy a little lurking on the horizon there? Because I know that happened to me a bit. 
That's a good question. I, I'd say a little bit of both. I officially, for the listeners, left my job. I was still maintaining work from homes throughout the whole pandemic and into leaving the job. I was an assistant to a music attorney. So I was able to like just be on my computer all the time and manage my orders on top of like being clocked in because I didn't have to commute and I didn't have anyone distracting me in person. So I'm just, I'm lucky that it worked out as long as it did, because then I, I had that extra paycheck until I was ready and around, or maybe it was the very end of May. Yeah. It was Memorial day that I officially left that job. So June was my first full-time freelance month and it's been three months now. And I'd say it's half and half. Like my parents, especially so happy, so supportive. I think like (laughs) to the point, especially where my mom and dad are like, this is amazing. Like your generation can even do this. Like you have the internet, you have social media, like it's possible, like go for it. That's odd. Like wish we could do that. And I, it makes me appreciate that we do have all this technology because it does make it so much easier. And then for friends, I'd say, honestly, everyone's been supportive, but I know there's been not even in a negative way, but just a little bit of like a Damn, I kind of can't believe she got there. I get that vibe yeah. sometimes from people that's like, she really did this. Or even if I'm like, for example, today, my sales slowed down a little bit August till now, but e- even slow is like, not bad for where yeah. I'm at. But if I try to express concern to a friend being like, hey, like, I'm a little bit worried. My sales are kind of slowing down. Sometimes I'll just get the whole like, well, like, you make plenty of money or like, well, you'll be fine. And yeah. I'm like, okay, they don't relate. <laughs> so I'm just going to like, shut up because I'd probably be a little bit jealous of myself as well. But overall, I'd say very supportive. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, that's awesome. I'm, I'm happy to hear that for you because I, I've experienced a lot of different emotions. Yeah, what from happened people. to you? I'm curious. Well, I just, you know, it was really when that CNBC article came out in 2018, that was just like, yeah. 150k in six months and I had some close friends that have not been close friends since then Mm. I think the the hardest thing for me when that came out was I naively thought close friends to me would be really excited and they'd want to read the article maybe and I was hanging out with some just different friend groups at the time and a couple people you know made it known that they hadn't read the article and weren't planning on it Uh, it's kind of a way to make me feel bad uh, you know when I was like bringing it up And someone would say to them like, oh yeah, did you read it? And they're like, oh no, I just haven't had the time to yet. It was just like one big, you know, like this to me. That's weird. That would make me sad. Yeah, it made me sad for humanity. But then I, you know, sucked it up and and went on with my life. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm very approachable. (laughs) So I always like to ask people how they're doing with it. Because I imagine it's not just isolated to me. Your social media is excellent. You, you know, you post about your stories on it. I see you have occasional haters trickle in and tell you you're lying about the money you make. How do you deal with that? Has that been bothering you at all? Or how do you approach that mentally? I... I'm still so new to even getting haters or people calling me a liar that it almost takes me aback because it's, sorry, I'm stuttering now. It's still a foreign concept to me is what I'm trying to say. So sometimes when it happens, I'm like, really, did this person actually say that to me? Like, why? It's the same as you. I'm like, why would I even lie? Or it's especially on TikTok. I get people coming through being like, she's a scam artist. Don't buy her thing. And not always will I respond because I think it's not worth your time and energy but sometimes just so other people who see the thread can see that i replied i'll just be like i'm not i'm not actually selling i I don't have a course i'm not selling anything i'm not even selling my services i'm literally just saying 
this is what I do. You can do it too. Like I'm selling you nothing. So I don't know how that defines as a scam artist, but I've had like (laughs) that in tandem with your last question. Now I'm kind of thinking about it more. There were friends from the past who that's almost worse. I think I had friends who kind of thought I was maybe lying to who aren't my friends anymore either. Same thing as you just said. Like I remember as I was getting more successful last year, a certain friend group I hung out with, the same as you, like they literally wouldn't ask, which I found strange. I'm like, aren't you excited for me? Like I'm, I'm doing really well for the first time in my life. And like, you literally never ask me about it. Like that's a red flag. Like there's something there. And then I've had like a friend of a friend tell me that they'll look at my stories. Like you mentioned, they'll see the money I'm making and they'll be like, Oh, she just wants to like show off how much money she made. She's just one of those like vapid people. I'm like, I'm, I'm not though. Cause I would not have started had I not seen your thing being like, look how much money I made. This is proof. So that's the only reason I'm doing it. I'm not throwing it around. I'm just saying it's possible. I know. I, oh man. I feel like so passionately about that topic. It's like those people are so steeped in such a low mindset that they can't even understand yeah. That your content is inspiring other people because they're not thinking about anyone else. They're very, those people are the ones who are actually the selfish ones. Like at the end of the Agreed. day, they're only thinking about themselves and how your content makes them feel. And they're not realizing that your content is helping other people, but they can't, their brains yeah, can't yeah. even like that requires like two dots to be connected and it's like they explode. <laughs> it's too much work. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I think there also is the element that comes into it being a woman that where people are like, don't Absolutely. rub that in my face. Whereas if you were a guy, they would be like, Oh, he's doing quite well for himself. Good for you. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's like, you oh, know, a woman making that she's probably lying about it. I'm like, I'm sorry. What year is it? <laughs> I know. I, I know. Right. Like, our eye rolls. Like, yeah. I know. It's like, I never even used to think that was a problem until I became a person on the radar, right? Like, I never even thought, like, that type of stuff even existed. And then the second I became known for something, I was like, oh, wow, there it is. It was just bubbling (laughs) beneath the surface. (laughs) Yep, this whole time. Yeah, like, here it is, you know, plain to see. Okay, so you, you live in Hollywood, right? West Hollywood? I do. Yes. Right in the chaos. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I can't. I mean, I lived in Brooklyn for a while. There's something enchanting about it in a way. Okay, so having your income increase, you know, dramatically mm-hmm. in a way, how has that made living in Hollywood for you? It, has it, like, opened all these new doors? Has has it made you more comfortable there? So I'm, I'm just imagining it's expensive because it's, like, part of L.A., so. Oh, my God, yeah. It's, I, I think it's expensive. <laughs> I've lived here for about six and a half years now. And when I first moved out here, my very first job that I landed was minimum wage for 60 hours a week, because that is Hollywood. And I accepted it to get my foot in the door, so to speak. And I remember just like, my, my entire paycheck literally went to my rent. And Mm -hmm. I lived off of like, canned vegetables, deli meats, credit card debt for a while, even just to put gas in my car. And I slowly, I slowly earned more money in corporate jobs over the years, but I never got closer to what I wanted to do. So with this, I was fortunate enough that both things happen. I'm doing what I want to, which is working for myself as a writer, and I'm earning way more than I ever have with someone else determining my salary. So it's like this place I live in now, I just moved into, it's just a one bedroom apartment, but the building is brand new. It opened in the pandemic. And I'm like, especially in a city, I'm sure you understand from living in Brooklyn, the 
most basic amenities anywhere else in the country are luxury here, like a washer yeah. dryer, a dishwasher, a microwave. Yeah. I never even had a microwave. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, oh my God, I can have these things. Like I'm looking at a, a pool outside my window that looks like a five-star resort. And it's just, I have gated parking and I don't have to worry about my car being stolen, which is a thing in Hollywood. <laughs> so it really did open a world of just relaxing and not being yeah. stressed about every single cent or if I have to pay rent, can I not afford to go out one night a week or how much is it going to cost me? And will I have to get debt for it? And like, I can finally pay my debt off. I have more savings than I've ever had and I'm living comfortably. And that's just, it's a nice feeling. It's a really nice feeling. Congratulations. That is Thank you. <laughs> anyone listening to this, like, this is, this is it right here. Like this, this is why yes. I preach this stuff all day long because look at what it has done for her. I mean, that's, that's amazing. Obviously she's put Thank in the you. work to make it, to make it happen. Now I know you, you posted the other day, your fiber income, but you also said you have private mm-hmm. clients outside of I fiber. Do. So I already know everyone would want to ask, how did you find them since you can't technically mm-hmm. take them off of fiber? Or if you did take them off of fiber, how did you do that successfully? I, in all honesty, I was so scared about taking clients off fiber, especially when I first started. Yeah. So I was doing well on the site and I was like, I don't want to risk having my wrist slap, so to speak. Yeah. And it more came from, I decided to align all of my social media with my Fiverr handle. Like everything's the same. It's just my first and last name. That's my Instagram, my TikTok, my Fiverr, all of it is just Stephanie Moyers. So that way, if somebody wants to find me, they can. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, technically I didn't do anything. And honestly, that's, that's what's happened. It was slow at first, but I steadily got maybe one additional client organically a month. And I just landed one. She's amazing. She found me on Fiverr, but I was writing her social media posts. So she also found me on Instagram was like, Hey, I think you're my writer. Just wanted to connect with you. I was like, sure. And she loved my work and started emailing me. And now that's a repeat client that just added to my list without Fiverr's 20% cut, which is huge. Cause like you say, it's good to not have all your eggs in one basket, which is hard when you start out. Absolutely. Now, would you say returning clients is a big part of your business or it's like growing in size? Growing. I'd say that's growing. I do have some repeat ones, but it's not, I don't think it's consistent enough where I'm like, okay, I'm going to get a thousand dollars this month from this client and 200 from this one. It's kind of sporadic. Like if someone has me write blogs, they might order three a month, nothing for a month and then two the next month. But I do get people coming back, which is nice. Cause I know that no matter what, even if things slow, eventually they'll need something again and I'll be here for it. Yeah. And you clearly understand branding you guys. Cause she has her, you know, she has her name exactly <laughs> on everything. So people can find her. Cause I'll have, you know, people will make these Instagram accounts called like Chewbacca, you know, blue or something. And then like wonder <laughs> why people can't find them because they don't want to, they don't want to put their name on their social media. Cause they're paranoid yeah. that they don't want people to come find them on their social media. And I don't really understand that. I don't know why people get I that either. paranoia. Cause you don't have to, you don't have to post your diary on social media. If you don't want to, you yeah. can just like, you can just list things like, Oh, here's tips on how to do this today. And, and speaking of social media, I, I want to talk about yours. I love how edgy yours is. I absolutely <laughs> despise the culture around corporate and what it's introduced into the world. The idea that you have to yeah, look a certain yeah. way and talk a certain way and you can't have a swear word in a caption or you might get let go. You can't have different <laughs> beliefs. You can't have different religions or we don't like you. You know, I hate that stuff. Cause I love you. And I feel like our world really squashes uniqueness today. 
And I love your Instagram or social media because you don't seem to care about those rules. And you will just get right on there and post pictures with pasties on, which I love that. I don't know if you want to just talk about like how you've arrived at a place in your life where you're confident enough to do that or you don't seem to mind that it's on your stuff and you you almost embrace it, right? Like, would you even say that that brings you business because you're so confident in posting, you know, like sexually related content? I want to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah, of course. I, I think this is a new thing for me and it goes exactly with what you just said, because when I was still at corporations, especially a law firm, I mean, you can't get any more square corporate, <laughs> like wearing yeah. blouses and black pantsuits and always having my hair and makeup a certain way. And it just, it's not who I am personally. I've always been this for anyone listening. If you look me up, like you'll see what she's talking about. I've always been like this rocker girl at heart. And mm-hmm. I felt like I had to kind of push that down to have these corporate jobs. And even my parents back in the day, would be like you, you shouldn't get tattoos. You're not going to get hired. Like don't get piercings. Someone's not going to hire you or like hair like yours. Like yeah. don't put color in your hair. I used to do mm-hmm. pink, red, whatever. No one's going to hire you. I'm like, if someone's not going to hire me on that, that's pretty stupid, but they weren't wrong, which was the worst part about it. They were right. So as I started to work for myself, especially from home, I was like, okay, I want to start leaning into who I really am and, and expressing myself again. And once I officially became full-time freelance and I had no worry about a boss or future employer looking at my Instagram and deeming whether or not I'm worthy of being hired, that's when I finally let loose and was like, I'm just going to be myself because people, even like you, I'm like, that's who I connect to when people are genuinely themselves and they're not this filtered, edited, corporate, watered down version. Like who connects to that? Not me. I love what you post and I love that it's edgy and almost not shocking. It's like we've all seen like, you know, girls with pasties on and stuff, but just, <laughs> that was my first time. <laughs> I just like, yeah, like I love your things unique. I love the rocker element. My favorite music's like indie rock music. Don't get me started yes. on like rock disappearing in our world and how much of a freaking travesty that is. That's why I'm like, bring the rock back. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> Literally, I mean, my favorite bands are indie rock bands like Florence and the Machine, Lord Huron, yes. The War on Drugs. Like, I love that oh, type I love of the War on Drugs. Oh my rock God. music. Yeah. And I'm like, Amazing. it's not really trendy today. So I love that you're just posting it anyway. And I, I watch your stuff and you're being so authentic to yourself. I have to imagine it's almost actually getting you business in a way by you being so confidently, confidently yourself. So that's what I want people to take away from this is that. If you are like squashing who you are and if, if who you are is you want to be naked on Instagram, like just be yourself because then yeah. abundance will come to you. You know, that's when business comes. That's when money comes. That's when happiness comes is when you just aren't afraid to be yourself. And I agree. I've, I've loved watching your steps. I feel like I've watched you like almost like come more and more into you over like the year that I've been totally. following you. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's just, oh my gosh, that's amazing. It's amazing for me to watch. So I have to ask, I imagine at this point, you must be a mentor to some other people, right? Like there must be people who write to you for help and stuff. Yes. But especially when I post something and tag you and if you repost it, like my inbox just gets flooded and that's sorry. (laughs) No, no. I was going to say that's in the best way because I like, I, I want to prove that I I'm another example, like you said, because I know that you state this a lot too. You're like, it's not just me. I'm not the only person who had success on Fiverr or made this. And so I feel like there are, there has to be so many more of us, but 
maybe just for whatever reason, they don't openly post about it, or they're just kind of private, or they're not on social media. And that's fine, you know, to each their own. But I feel like the more proof anyone else can see, the more likely they're willing to try it. And so I, I don't personally like mentor anybody, but what I'll do, I'll answer the most DMs that I can. And if somebody really wants some help, I I took a page from your book on TikTok. Sometimes I'll offer like, Hey, you know, drop your Fiverr name here and I'll do a review video of your profile, give you some Mm -hmm. tips. Or if somebody really wants one-on-one help, I'll give them like my WhatsApp and be like, you can ask me a couple questions and I'll send them a voice note back just to kind of answer. But I try not to over commit because I don't want to disappoint people if I have like 30 a week asking and I can only answer like two, but like I'm trying, (laughs) I'm trying to help. (laughs) You should, um, you should open a consultation gig on Fiverr. Like I did for like, Oh, that's a great idea. A hundred bucks for 30 minutes. And yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. You should totally do one. That's an awesome idea. Yeah. I mean, you should be charging for it because I'm the same way, right? Like I'll get caught into cycles of trying to help people and be a people pleaser. <laughs> I'm trying to like yep. unpack all of that. I go on like psychology talk every night, honestly, and like unpack some stuff <laughs> when they're like, oh, are you constantly trying to please people? That's a result of trauma. And I'm just like- Childhood trauma. Yep. <laughs> I'm just like, uh-oh, we're going you there. You might have had a parent that was X, Y, and Z. You try to keep your household yeah. happy at all times. Like me. Yep, me. <laughs> like- I know, sometimes I'll literally be on like psychology talk and I'll like throw my phone I'll be like okay no we can't go there yet (laughs) no not not ready (laughs) oh my god I love TikTok though for that reason guys you can learn literally anything you can unpack trauma you can work through grief you can become a new I mean you can do anything on TikTok for free so if you're not on TikTok I'm plugging it right now because TikTok TikTok. and it changed Stephanie's life in a way because you said that's how you found me so TikTok you know and a TikTok if you're listening you can sponsor this podcast if you want no one's a sponsor (laughs) TikTok we love you (laughs) all right so you have four books yes that you wrote and edited and you are editing a fifth novel so before we're going to promo that fifth novel what are the first four books about i started writing so everyone listening these are novels and that's really been like my biggest passion since i was a kid i always wanted to be a novelist and that is something i'm still working towards and i wrote these last four over maybe about 12 years or so i think the first one was like my early 20s that i wrote and finished and because i was poor at the time as well. I couldn't hire an official editor. So it's just edited my own work, self-published to Amazon. I, I tried to go the traditional route of it's called querying novels. And that's when you send like unsolicited, Hey, so-and-so agent, you might be interested in my book and hope that they respond. And sometimes yeah. they do, sometimes they don't. I got an offer for one book ever. And it was when I worked at a law firm as my second novel. And I showed it to a lawyer and she's like, you're going to get so little money on this. You might as well just self-publish on Amazon and hope for the best. So I was like, okay, I think I'm just going to stick to that. And I've still been trying to find my footing. So my first four, all totally different genres, because I was trying to experiment with what I like and what I'm good at. And sometimes they're not always the same thing as we know. Mm-hmm. So my first one was like contemporary romance. Second one was a fantasy Third was just contemporary period. It was kind of loosely based on my life and friendships in early Los Angeles. Fourth one was sci-fi. And fifth one I'm working on now is like a little bit of a psychological thriller, but nothing too crazy. It's not like it's not like a murder mystery or anything outside of that depth. It's just a little bit darker. But the one thing they all have in common is they're all with female protagonists. Because I feel like 
as someone who loves to actively read novels, I do not see that enough. And I want there yeah. to be more of it. We are good main characters. Hello. Why aren't we yeah. out there? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I love that. You know, my previous guest this week, Gabrielle, she self-published her first book and now her second book coming awesome. out. Now, can you, can you share the title of the fifth book or is it a secret? Now, I think my working title so far is What Happens In dot 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 because it's based in Vegas and the okay. very loose pitch of it is like a sociopathic serial <laughs> killer stripper works at this exclusive high-end club in Vegas and she kills the really scummy men that come into the club until she unknowingly falls in love with the FBI agent who's hunting her. So that's like the loose premise. Wow, that could right. be that <laughs> That's is what I was thinking is like the wow. show you on Netflix, if you've ever yeah. seen it. No, I haven't. I'm, you know what? I'm terrified of that type of concept, so I won't watch that. <laughs> I'm literally scared of that. Yeah. It's awesomely freaky. I agree. That's why like I love just the psychological aspect of it. And so I love like you and Dexter way back in the day. And both of those are TV shows that were adapted from novels. And you in particular is a woman author. And when I found that out, I was floored, especially because it has a male protagonist. I was like, wait, a Mm -hmm. woman wrote this? And it's a show, like that is literally my dream. I was like, wait, these are cool, but why don't we ever see it with a female? Because it could be possible too. Why not? Why leave us out of things? We're not just the secondary characters. (laughs) (laughs) We could be killers too. That's probably not what I should promote. (laughs) oh definitely i sometimes see like in just weird networks that i've been in or political people i know in politics i sometimes see the sickest takedowns are typically at the actually the hands of women because they know how to use multiple steps or people to take something down so you actually can't ever tell it came from a woman and i'm like exactly exactly (laughs) a woman off and we'd be more likely to get away with it. That was kind of the thing of the premise. Like, men are just too blunt and aggressive. You know, they'll just violently kill someone. But a woman? No, we're, we're methodical and sneaky about it. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> just look at Carol Baskin from oh Tiger my God. King. They can't prove that she did it. But, like, you know she did it. But, you know, that she did such a good job of doing it. Yeah, like, you yep. know she did such a good job that they're probably never going to prove that she freaking did it. And I'm always like, this, she's going to get away with it. <laughs> Meanwhile, Tiger King went to prison. So, see? <laughs> I know. Oh, my God, right? So, I love people, when people will always say, like, with freelancing, is there a problem with, like, work-life balance or having hobbies outside of it? And I love that for you, you sell your writing as a freelancer. It makes you, a, you know, a handsome living. But then you also, in a way, have also turned it into a hobby. You have something that you keep to yourself that you can still profit off of, of course, these books. But I feel like, if anything, the books are almost a hobby or a therapy for you in a way. Like, there's, yeah. want to really, you know, be doing. And I love that you are able to get out of that starving artist mentality and sell your writing as a businesswoman and not feel like a sellout for it. And then go exactly. home. Exactly. Go home, like, just probably stay at home or whatever. Go to a cafe. Stay at home. <laughs> write write your books so people would say to me like oh don't you get exhausted or don't you get burnt out by that so I would I would say to you how do you keep the two separate how do you how do you stay excited to still write books while you're doing writing for people as a freelancer it's a balance for sure I'd say 
I have to divide up my week or I really do get burnt out of staring at words on a screen and typing. Yeah. But it's gotten to the point where my friends even know now, I won't even text back. I'll do a voice note because I'm like, I cannot type anymore today. I'm just, I'm sick yeah. of it. <laughs> like, I need to say something out loud instead of having it come from my head. So for writing my novel in the business, I typically balance my weeks where I'll do all my freelance work Monday through Thursday-ish. Yeah. And then I, depending how much work I have, I, I can usually just plow through. Cause I'm that kind of person anyway. I'm like, I'd rather do eight hours a day for three to four days than five hours a day for five days. So I'll like take yeah. care of the week. And I still answer my messages, do revisions as they come in. I answer messages every single day, but then the primary focus of my day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday shifts to only focusing on my novel. Cause that way I'm fresh and I'm not like, still thinking about someone's blog or someone's web copy, but then I'm trying to edit because I find like my brain goes so many directions at once. It's probably just being type A. So I'm better if I just kind of silo the two activities apart. And that's usually how I try to balance it. Yeah, I like that because I was thinking there's no way I could write blogs for, you know, 10 hours a day and then write a novel like that. You know, your brain can only do so much. So I like that. So you, you know, segmenting out the work you're doing. What's what am I? I'm trying to think of that word. Bulk producing, what's it called yeah, on social like, media? <laughs> I think what so. I like, I like saying I it all batching. Batching, batching, I think batching. Batching, yeah. yeah, I like that. You're batching it so that when you wake up on a Friday, it's completely all about the book that day. And then that's how you yes. can guarantee you're giving it your best at everything that you do. Because you're yeah. batching it. Because otherwise, like you said, if I... I do try it sometimes. Like I'll feel guilty in my own head. I'm like, okay, if I had a busy week freelancing and I didn't get to my novel, I'll feel guilty on myself. I'm like, I'm falling behind. I really care about it. So then I'll try to edit after I work and maybe two pages in. I'm at least honest with myself. I'll be like, I'm not editing this the way I need to or writing it the way I need to. I'd rather just actually take time to reset my brain and come back to it another day. Otherwise you're creating more work for yourself and not in a fun way. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, for sure. People always ask me on podcasts, and I, I'm not going to ask it like this when they're always like, what's next for Stephanie? Because it's just like, I love it. Uh, <laughs> I have to think of like a better way to ask you that. So I, if you're like me, you, you don't really plan five or 10 years in advance, right? Like you're just taking life as it comes. No. You're taking the opportunities as they fall onto your lap. So do you have any recent opportunities that have fallen onto your lap that you're super excited about? Or are you kind of in a period where you're just building your empire out right now? I think I'm just building it out. I feel like I've somewhat capped out without being pro and it's not bad, but I have noticed like since, since maybe March or April within like $1,500, my sales hit about the same every single month, Yeah, which is not bad, but I would like to, I'd like to grow it. So that's where now I'm like, okay, I'm going to focus on the novel and get that out by the end of the year for like a passive income stream. I have some meetings set up with people to redo my site, which I built myself and it's very crummy. So I'm like, let me, let me make that more professional (laughs) and reapply for pro. And I'm hoping all these things will work in tandem together to bring a bigger year for 2022. Love it. I I mean, you, you're doing it perfectly. You got the branding, the website, the social media, the passive income, the hobbies. (laughs) You know, especially. Yeah, no. And, and so, okay. So you don't, this is, I know this is like a personal question asking people what they do with their money, but people all the time will say to me, okay, if you're making like surplus money each month, how are you investing it? Or what are you doing with it? So would you feel comfortable sharing some of the ways in which you're handling it? (laughs) 
I'm focusing mostly on paying down. I still have student loan debt, which was really hard to keep up with paying off my first couple of years in LA. So I finally feel like I'm at a place I can really start to tackle it and hopefully get it gone. Yeah. So I'm doing that, building up personal savings, especially now that I'm a freelancer. I'm like, I want to have that reserve of like six plus months in there. And then investing wise, I just started investing into the S&P 500, which I'm excited about. Like that'll be an additional little bucket for retirement in the future. So I'm going to keep doing that. And then I have, I think you have the same thing, the SEP, self-employed pension Mm -hmm. for like retirement funds. So now I've got like multiple little buckets going, which is nice. It's more than I've ever had. And it feels good to have a little bit of a diversified portfolio. I'm starting small, but I know it'll, it'll keep growing over time. Absolutely. We love a financially free moment. So I love that for you. (laughs) (laughs) Freaking amazing. Okay. So before we sign off here, I want to give you a chance to promo yourself. So just shout out where people can find you on social media, where they can buy your books and your Fiverr handles so they can hire you as a freelancer. Everything is my first and last name. So Stephanie Moyers and Stephanie is spelled S-T-E-F-F-A-N-I-E. For those listening, my dad is very medically correct. Shout out my dad. (laughs) (laughs) And that's that's my Fiverr handle, my Instagram, my TikTok. And on my Instagram, you'll also see my site, which is just stephmoyers.com. And on there is the links to all of my books. I took a few down. I'm currently in the process of re-editing them. And I had previously used two pen names in the past. So if you go on there and you see one was Stephanie James, one was Cameron Style. That's just while I was experimenting with things. But I I decided to pull everything i want it all under my name now though just to make it easy and clean do you ever so it'll be back. buy those names like do you ever go to a music festival and go buy those names i used to go by fake names all the time and my <laughs> friends would be like we don't know what your real name is do you have an identity crisis so it's like i don't know i think it's just fun <laughs> oh that's so funny i love costumes like i that's why i love music festivals and stuff well yes. we might have cause at coachella 2022 if that even yes. happens hopefully oh my god right? i hope so <laughs> Oh man, I think that's like my dream. Yeah, I mean, for now, right? It's like that's where I'm. (laughs) I'm trying not to get too excited about it, but no, I love it. Keep it up. I love the names, the costumes, the books, (laughs) all of it. Just keep keep going. And yeah, guys, so if you're listening to this, I hope you found motivation in this. You should. If you didn't, you need to go follow her on social media. Don't be scared to try new things. Stephanie tried new things, and look what. Look what happened for her. All right. So signing off, do you have a favorite inspirational quote that you want to, or you want to make one up, quote yourself? (laughs) I'll just make something up. Something I tell people often that I would also tell myself in the past, don't be afraid of failure. It's not the opposite of success. It is literally a part of it. So if you try something and you fail, don't give up, just keep going and it will work out. I am proof of that. And so are you. 